0: Welcome to episode 67 of District of Conservation. I am your host, Gabriella Hoffman. A few programming notes. Today, you will hear me on Bearing Arms' Cam and Company show with Cameron Edwards, discussing my observations at last Monday's Lobby Day, and... HB 961 which is the house bill in Virginia to supposedly ban quote assault weapons and other matters as it relates to the pending gun control legislation here in Virginia. I think you're going to find our conversation to be very compelling and interesting and I will include that appearance in the show notes for you guys when that is made available. But I also wanted to note that we were trending in Great Britain on the Apple charts there we reached the 34th spot which is really cool and it appears that someone left a review I presume it was positive so thank you for leaving reviews reviews go a long way and you can do that whenever you subscribe to the podcast if you're new to the show but anyway I wanted to briefly discuss what is happening in and around Washington, D.C. Three points that I want to highlight for you. And here is what I have for you on the docket this week. I first want to discuss Delegate Mark Levine's town hall that you all may have watched recently. And for context, Delegate Levine is a Democrat who is a chief patron of House Bill 961, which I alluded to in my introduction, which would ban so-called assault weapons, uh, magazines exceeding 10 rounds and other firearms component like pistol grips and things of that sort, which he believes are assault in nature. And in the video that was captured at a recent town hall of his, he had quite a very hard time explaining what an assault weapon is in his view. And he believes despite it appearing very evident that he has never handled a firearm, never really been surrounded by people who have handled firearms before or gone hunting, given his ignorant remarks, that he knows what he wants to ban whatsoever. Not that you should know about firearms in order to ban them. You should at least be cognizant of what you're trying to regulate because of the consequences that has when you misidentify those components. But in the gist of it, he said all these ridiculous statements and claimed that uh, the best and suitable rifle for people in Virginia is a hunting rifle. And this is all in the line of the so-called common sense gun control proposals in Richmond that aren't commonsensical whatsoever. And I'm going to read for you his exchange and you can watch the video, which I'll include in the show notes for you all. And he said a lot of asinine things in this town hall, but I want to read for you what he believes is an assault weapon versus what is not an assault weapon. And you can tell this is how ignorant he is about firearms ownership and the psyche belonging to gun owners. And he says, quote, what the bill HB 961 does is it distinguishes basically between guns that go like this. These are rifles. And he motions in this video, what rifles are, Uh, shooting at people, uh, obviously not exhibiting safety rules. He's not using a gun, but he's using his hands to gesture what appropriate rifles are. And he continues, you use them to shoot an animal and you can shoot very precisely with a rifle. These are the guns that hunters use. They go like this and you look down the barrel and you can shoot very precisely. You can have a scope. These are the kinds of things hunters like to use. Mass shooters don't like the things that go like this. Because what that means is someone can hit the rifle, but against their head, deer don't do this, elk don't do this, but humans trying to save their lives do this. It's very hard to shoot a lot of people fast that way. The delegate makes several big mistakes in his analysis over what is an acceptable gun or not for firearms ownership. First, he commits the grave error in suggesting the Second Amendment ensures your right to hunt. If you read through the parameters and the language of the Second Amendment, both Virginia's state constitution and also the federal constitution, there's nowhere in that language, especially the 27 words that enumerate the Second Amendment, that say the Second Amendment ensures your right to hunt. That's the first uh, misconception about the Second Amendment, and he's perpetuating this. This is what every gun controller does, and his motions over that. I mean, his whole display was just bizarre. That's another point of contention that I have with him. And then he somehow assumes he knows how rifles go off. And I think he does not understand that there are many types of commonly used rifles for hunting, home defense, things of that sort. He only thinks a hunting rifle is sufficient for home defense or only for hunting, I guess, because he thinks much like other gun control advocates that you shouldn't use a so-called high-powered capacity rifle or a scary-looking rifle like an AR-15, which is a commonly owned semi-automatic firearm for home defense or hunting because it's scary-looking. And then somehow he knows about rifle butts, which this portion of his exchange in comments was equally disconcerting. Uh, I don't think he knows how deer or elk operate, judging by this statement. He go into the mind of a mass shooter and know what they prefer to shoot. This is so bizarre and so crazy. And again, this is what we're dealing with in Virginia. I've included, again, the video for you in the show notes. You can read my article about Delegate Levine's asinine comments and more. And a really good resource, if you're having a hard time following all of these bad gun bill updates, please follow the Virginia Shooting Sports Association account. They have a Twitter. They have a Facebook. They're going to give you... Immediate updates as to what bills are being considered, what bills are passing out of committee and what bills will potentially pass in different chambers, both the state Senate and the House of Delegates for you. So that's a great resource. Something that kind of flew under the radar, this is the second point I wanted to address for this week, is the fact that at the World Economic Forum that President Trump spoke at in Davos, Switzerland last week, he actually announced that uh, he supports this one trillion tree initiative uh, that was spawned in Davos. And what it does, according to the Washington Examiner, it encourages countries to collectively plant one trillion trees to absorb carbon dioxide in order to combat climate change. And apparently what the article says then and goes on to say is that this initiative was inspired by remarks delivered by an ecologist who spoke at Davos last year um, at a meeting held by the American Association for the Advancement of Science, who claimed that planting 1.2 trillion trees could quote cancel out the last decade of the world's carbon emissions. And EE News, which is really no friend to conservatives or true conservationists, I should say they they tend to favor Democrats and radical environmentalists, um, even though they claim to be a fair and objective news source. I figured. It would be good to include their thoughts here, too. You want to be fair and mind, fair-minded here. But they included some of Trump's remarks, and he said this in his speech, quote, We will continue to restore strong leadership in restoring, growing, and better managing our trees and our forests, Trump said in the speech. He added, We're committed to conserving the majesty of God's creation and the natural beauty of our world, he also added. And EE e. News went on to say that trees can sequester carbon dioxide and cleaner pollution, Among other benefits, and noted that uh, House Republicans are addressing this uh, component to the climate issue and how they'll rely on tree planting sometime very soon. I haven't seen language as it pertains to this one trillion tree initiative yet, but one of the chief supporters of this is Representative Bruce Westerman, a Republican from Arkansas, who today met with Captain America actor Chris Evans and tweeted how one trillion trees, if planted, can sequester carbon and improve the environment. And if this Trump-touted One Trillion Tree initiative uh, sees the light of day, is presented in Congress, it goes to show that he's not the exploiter of natural resources his opponents often label him as. Uh, If anything, uh, he's a terrible exploiter. And more so, it could be surmised that this actually falls in line with his administration's true conservation agenda, with what I've talked about here on the podcast from what his interior... Department is doing to uh, the Fish and Wildlife Service and many other industries as well. So I found that to be interesting. It's kind of bizarre that that fell under the radar. There's a lot going on, obviously, here in Washington, D.C., but I figured that would be a pretty good bipartisan uh, move on his end to support who doesn't support planting trees. Okay. a third topic of discussion, which will round out the podcast today, is the finalization of the new... Waters of the United States rule, the second of two steps that was finalized on January twenty third by the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, and this is related to the navigable waters protection rule. And I have a podcast about uh, WOTUS rules from a handful of episodes ago. If you go back and you're confused about it, or you heard perhaps the alarmist perspective about it, but want a clear headed perspective on it, I dedicated a few episodes to break down what these rules changes mean, how it won't erode water quality and how it just brings back the rule to its true intent. So you can go back and and review that. But as it pertains to this new navigable waters protection rule, uh, the step two rule, the regulation states clearly the four categories of water that are going to now only be subject to federal regulation. And those include territorial seas and traditional navigable waters perennial, and intermittent tributaries to those waters, certain lakes, ponds, and impoundments, and wetlands adjacent to jurisdictional waters. And they also include in this rule, and this is from the EPA, again also in the show notes, that there will be 12 categories that are exempted from this updated rule uh, in terms of features that are not deemed waters of the United States, including uh, features that contain water in direct response to rainfall as The EPA puts it, ephemeral features. Uh, This also extends to groundwater, ditches, prior converted cropland, and waste treatment systems. And this goes along the lines of a redefinition and review process for the Waters of the United States rule to counter the 2015 rule, which was very superfluous and very invasive in terms of what it labeled navigable waters, puddles. Uh, certain ditches, a lot of private bodies of water on people's lands. And so this rule clarifies that under the 2017 presidential executive order called, quote, the restoring the rule of law, federalism, and economic growth by reviewing the waters of the United States, end quote. And this falls in line again with what balanced stewardship is, Uh, obviously not sacrificing the environment for private property rights and just making sure that different stakeholders can work together. I haven't seen I haven't seen anything that is alarming in terms of this and I think this is what is needed to really enact true conservation. I say don't listen to the naysayers to sources that may cloud your judgment read straight from the horse's mouth read exactly what the epa is putting out there and make a judgment for yourself thank you for listening to this episode of district of conservation if you enjoyed what you heard feel free to subscribe to us on your participating platform you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter to never miss a beat or a guest announcement make sure to leave reviews if you feel inclined because if you listen on apple podcasts that's a good way to channel the podcast's reach popularity and things of that sort so if you want to help me out in any way just share and pump the podcast and make sure it reaches more people in the coming weeks i'm going to do my best to bring on some more guests for you all across the conservation sphere and some more original interviews so if you like what you're hearing again share the love of the podcast download subscribe and tell your friends to review For listening, and we will return to regular programming on Monday of next week. Have a good week. Bye bye.